So we're going to talk today. I'm ready to preach to you for a little bit. i got to get you out of here before noon because I said I would. I want to become an intentional, deliberate father. Becoming an intentional, deliberate father. All right? Remember, church Wednesday night of this week, that's about the only thing I think that's going on. If you can help out with landscaping, digging some dirt out, we got we got to get a tiller now and till up some dirt. If you can help that or pull out shrubs, let us know. We want to coordinate that so we're not out there. Alex out there by himself a lot, and I've already had previous engagements, so I can't help him. So if you can help with some of that, we won't kill you the first day. We want you to come back. So, Brandon, if you did too much that first day, you rest and come back. I felt like I was back over on Tower Street at that house with that big, big old ditch and the weed eater. I left him a two-gallon gas can and a weed eater and gave him an energy drink. Amen. When I saw him at the end of the day, he's sitting on the bank waiting on me. It was all done. So if you got anything Brandon can do, he can do it. Let's be intentional. I want to be intentional, and I want to be deliberate. So I'm going to share with you some things today that uh, it may not feel like a normal sermon, but I want to go to James chapter 4, verse 2. It says this in New Living Translation you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Now, James is pretty tough. The book of James is the New Testament book of Proverbs. All right? You are jealous of what others have, but you can't have it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. So everything we've read so far is is where we are doing something. Us. Okay? We don't have it, so we scheme. We're jealous, so and we can't get it, so we fight and wage war and try to take it away from people, whatever it is. James answers the question with this. He said, "You do yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. A lot of times if we would just bypass what our, we think we need to do and go right to the Lord, we could save a lot of time and a lot of headache. Go right to the Lord with it, what you need. You know, I've been praying, Lord, Macy needs a car. Macy needs a car. Well, you just got to start looking and just let the Lord do it. You know? I mean, you probably just need to see that journey down there to Cincinnati, St. Leon, Indiana. For some reason, my phone got stuck yesterday on St. Leon, and I got, well, all the weather updates from St. Leon, Indiana. Okay, they were having bad storms, I'm just telling you. St. Leon, Indiana. God knows what we need. So, as a father, I want to be deliberate. I want to be intentional. I don't want to just go through life, and as, as a Christian, as we walk with the Lord, we don't want to just go through life with just a haphazard approach. Get a plan. Get a plan and plan to stick to it. There's a famous saying by a guy named Art Williams, and it says this, most people don't plan to fail. Can anybody finish it? They fail to plan. Exactly. What's your goal? What do you want to do? What, what, What kind of person do you want to be? What kind of Christian do you want to be? So let's talk about fathers today and fatherlessness. The consequences of fatherlessness. I got this from the Bureau of Standards. I have everything to back this up. So if you're interested in it, I get you the sources of all of this. 
It says, as supported by the data below, children from fatherless homes are more likely to be poor, become involved in drug and alcohol abuse, drop out of school, and suffer from health and emotional problems. Boys are more likely to become involved in crime, and girls are more likely to become pregnant as teens. So the father plays a very pivotal role in society and in the family. A year ago when all of the riots were going crazy and and, uh, Black Lives Matter was on the rise and Antifa and all this, and there was this big war, there was this big war even amongst churches and amongst pastors uh, about Black Lives Matter and, and what it should... Listen, you, if you want to know what they believe, you need to go to what they believe on their website. It may not be there now. I know it was taken down for a while. But the first thing is BLM is a Marxist organization. A Marxist organization means that it is associated with the teachings and philosophy of a guy named Karl Marx. Who Karl Marx was one of the fathers of communism. Communism has killed more people in world history than any other form of government in the world. Hundreds of millions of people have died in Russia and the Soviet Union and in China and in Vietnam and all of the communist countries because of communism, because of purges. So Black Lives Matter, number one, it was a Marxist organization, is a Marxist organization. Number two, they believe in the, the, uh, the taking apart of the nuclear family. The nuclear family is a father, a mother, and children. Hello? And people are supporting this, and people are throwing money at all of this. Because that's the new thing to do. That's the society in which we live. And let me say this. This world is not going to get any better. It's not going to get any more sane than it is right now. It's going to get crazier. Clark was just telling me today, maybe you saw it on the TV commercial about your Visa and MasterCard, that you can put whatever name you want on your card if if you don't want to use your name. You can, so Clark's going to be Bill Gates. I'm going to be Michael Jordan because I look kind of like a lot like him. This society's crazy. Everything in society is going haywire. The only thing that's going to be sane is the church. And we as the church have to become deliberate and intentional. All right? We're going to come under a lot of fire. You might as well get ready. We're going to be coming under a lot of fire because we're not going to be going, getting pushed with the, the woke mentality that's out there. And now the Hollywood is fighting because they don't have enough dark-colored Latinos or dark-colored African-American actors. You can be African-American but be too light to meet the complexion requirements of the film and the directors. I just want to drop it. It's just getting crazier. So dads play a pivotal role in, in our homes. You see, we're not over multiple homes. We're just over our home. And if each one of us does our part, we're going to be all right. But let's see what happens in a society. Number one, poverty. Children in father-absent homes are almost four times more likely to be poor. In 2011, 12% of children in married couple families were living in poverty, poverty compared to 44% in a mother-only home. In five months, gases went from 225 to 325. 
That doesn't hurt somebody who has $100,000 in their savings account or in their checking account. But that hurts a single mom who has to drive 20 miles one way to go work a waitress job who has three kids at home. Inflation is coming. Most of you do not remember the 70s. We grew up in the 70s. I remember the gas lines. It's coming again. Inflation is coming. Poverty is coming back. Get ready. Church, we're going to have to be intentional and we're going to have to be deliberate. Children living in female-headed families with no spouse present had a poverty rate of 47%, over four times the rate of married couple families. Four times more of poverty in fatherless homes. Number two, drug addiction, drug and alcohol abuse. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services states fatherless children are at dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse. There is significantly more drug use among children who do not live with their mother and father. I'm just telling you what society is saying. I'm just telling you what's going on out in the world. There's a need that's going to have to be filled. I heard, I heard of, I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten kinder, nicer, softer. I don't know what I've done. Uh, I, I think it just happens. But now I see, I see Edison and they say grandkids do something strange to you and they do. And it's like, okay, so somebody got to take care of these kids. And I heard, anybody ever heard of the Dave Thomas Foundation? Dave Thomas was the founder of Wendy's. The Dave Thomas Foundation works as an adoptive agency in a program. And what they do is they try to help kids who are in the foster care program, if they're never adopted... And they age out without a family. That's a very dangerous situation to be in. When they age out of the adoptive program and the foster care program and they have no family background, no family ties, they're going to end up in sex trafficking, prostitution, and addictions. And probably incarceration in prison by the time it's all said and done. And even death. So I'm just looking at this and saying, so who's taking care of these people? Who's taking care of this group that's that's getting out of the adoption process and is going to be 18 and has nowhere to go and is on the street and has to fend for themselves? Who's going to take care of them? See, the church is going to have to step up. The church is going to have to be, and the church is going to be under attack even greater now. As the days get longer and darker, the church is going to be under greater attack, brothers and sisters. We have to be ready for what the Lord wants us to do. We have to be deliberate and intentional. Physical and emotional abuse. A study of 1977 children ages 3 and older living with a residential father or father figure found that children living with married biological parents have significantly fewer externalizing and internalizing internalizing behavioral problems than children living with at least one non-biological parent. Children of single-parent homes are more than twice as likely to commit suicide. Like I said, I've got all the data on this. I just cut it all out because you don't want to hear about 
Bureau of Standards. You don't want to hear about the Department of Health and Human Services. It's all out there. Data from three waves of the Fragile Family Study was used to examine the prevalence and effects of mothers' relationship changes between birth and age three on their children's well-being. Children born to single mothers show higher levels of aggression, aggressive behavior than children born to married mothers. Living in a single mother household is equivalent to experiencing 5.25 partnership transitions. What's that saying? I'm saying that we now have single moms who have three or four or five kids all by different dads. There's no stability in the home. You see, fathers bring stability to the home. I have seen, I have seen families that have come to this church and through the process of divorce or through the process of death, I've seen the father taken out of the picture and I've watched the, the women of the family just begin to wander away and just begin to disappear into the landscape and the horizon and you never see them again. Whereas before there was stability there. You know, the world hates men. This is a woman's world. I'm sorry, ladies, to tell you that. You know that. How much hype was there over Father's Day coming compared to Mother's Day? Matt Jones was a used to go to church here, was a FedEx delivery guy. He said on Father's Day, we actually let guys take the weekend off because there wasn't that much demand. On Mother's Day, they hire more. Who has the bigger areas of the department stores? The men's department or the ladies' department? We're living in a world that the world is wanting to get rid of the men. Because you see, the men are in in the order of the church. You have God and you have Christ and you have the church and you have man and you have woman. You take the man out. When was Eve with Adam when the serpent was talking to her? No. Eve was by herself. The devil wants women by themselves because women base their judgments on emotions and on feelings rather than on facts and knowledge. And so we, they begin to think with their hearts and it becomes an emotional roller coaster. I'm going to tell you, people get on Facebook, number one, it wastes a lot of your time. And number two, by the time you get off Facebook, you're so depressed because everybody else, it seems like everybody else has their act together and you've done nothing in your entire life. You you feel like a, a slug. By the time you get off Facebook, because you see this one had this party for this, and their party was their birthday party for their kid was so great, and it was so wonderful, and all you did was you spent four hundred dollars in bounce houses and and you know helium balloons that your your party didn't look near as happy as theirs did, and everybody was happy, and they got all these comments and all these likes, and you know what? By the time you get off social media, you just feel like a total failure. When God God puts us into uh, the dynamics and the situations that we're in in life to work in that group, if I don't get anything else done, Johnny Ty, if I can raise my four kids and then they can raise their kids to live godly and and upright and walk in the in the thing of the Lord, then I've succeeded. I have passed on what I've what I've got and what the Lord gave me. But I have to be intentional about it and I have to be deliberate about it. You say, well, pastor, what are you talking about? I'm fixing to give you some intentionalness. 
All right? That's a new word, intentionalness. Think about it. It's coming. Okay. Educational achievement. Children in grades 7 through 12 who have lived with at least one biological parent, youth that experienced divorce, separation, or non-union birth, reported lower grade point averages than those who have always lived with both biological parents. Children living with their married biological father tested at a significantly higher level than those living with a non-biological father. Let me tell you this. I did a funeral for a man last summer. The man was uh, never had children of his own. He married a woman who had, I think, uh, three or four children. He raised those children like they were his. And you know what? You don't find that very much anymore. You don't find a man that's going to come in and take children that are not biologically his and him raise them unbiased and unequivocally like they are his. Sometimes you can't find biological dads to take care of their own kids because of the society that we live in today. The African-American community, about 67% of the kids who grow up in the African-American community in the urban areas of our country grow up without a dad. That's why the gangs prosper. That's why drug abuse and, and violence is a way of the streets in all of our major, major metropolitan cities is because there's a lack of a dad. And so on this Father's Day, I celebrate you guys, you fathers, you dads who are here today, you dads who are online watching this service, you dads who are doing what you can. It doesn't take a magical formula. First thing you got to do is just show up. Second thing, you just care. That's all you got to do. Father involvement in schools is associated with a higher likelihood of a student getting mostly A's. There was a, this was true for fathers in biological parent families, for stepfathers, and for fathers heading single parent families. 71% of high school dropouts are fatherless. How about that? 71% of high school dropouts have no dad at home. 71%. Fatherless children have more trouble academically, scoring poorly on tests of reading, mathematics, and thinking skills. Children from father-absent homes are more likely to be truant from school, more likely to be excluded from school, more likely to leave school at age 16 and less likely to attain academic and professional qualifications in adulthood. It's tough. Somebody got to love these guys. Somebody's got to love these kids. Somebody's got to be there to help them. Somebody's got to be there to lead them through life. If they don't, they're going to lead themselves through life. And then they go, I've, I've been with kids, I've been with 20-somethings now who have raised themselves through drug houses and crack houses. And I've seen the skewed thinking that they have because they didn't have a voice of age and experience in their lives like the Lord gave us in the family situation. And so they grow up with skewed thinking and reasoning, and now they're just, they're nuts. They're crazy. Their thinking is crazy. I'm telling the truth, Carlita. Carlita deals with this every day. This kind of stuff every day. Law enforcement deals with this kind of stuff every day. Every day. Every day. 
We wonder why society is falling apart. It's because the family has fallen apart. Because the enemy has, has got it to where, you know, uh, there was, back in the 70s, there was the ERA movement, um, uh, the women's liberties and all of this business. Why? Because they're trying to be equal. According to the scripture, the man and the woman are never equal with each other. The Bible says that the woman is the weaker vessel. It says, husbands, love your wives. Take care of your wives. Wives, honor and respect your husbands. If, if I read out of Titus today, if I read in a, if we had a large auditorium today of thousands of people and I read out of Titus chapter one, I believe it is, where it talks about the family, it'd make a lot of people mad. You know what it says? The woman are to take care of the home, raise the kids, love the husband. They'd be walking out. We'd have to make sure we got the offering before I read the scripture. Amen. They'd be walking out with their offering. Do you not concur? They would be walking out, and it's the word of God. I've heard him say, I, that might be the Bible, that might be the scripture, but I don't agree with it. I've heard him say that. Wow, wow, crime, crime. Adolescents living in intact families are less likely to engage in delinquency than their peers living in non-intact families. Compared to peers in intact families, adolescents in single-parent families and step-families were more likely to engage in delinquency. Their relation, This relationship appeared to be Operating through differences in family processes, parental involvement, supervision, monitoring, parentless closeness, being intact and non-intact, between intact and non-intact families. A study using data from the National Longitudinal Study of Adolescent Health explored the relationship between family structure and risk of violent acts in neighborhoods. The result revealed that if the number of fathers is low in a neighborhood, then there is an increase in acts of teen violence. The statistical data showed that a 1% increase in the proportion of single-parent families in a neighborhood is associated with a 3% increase in adolescent level of violence. So in other words, adolescents who live in neighborhoods with lower proportions of single-parent families and who report higher levels of family integration commit less violence. Well, about how about that? How about that? Let's go on to the next one here. A study of 109 juvenile offenders indicated that family structure significantly predicts delinquency. Last one, sexual activity and teen pregnancy. You said, man, this... Pastor, this is a quite a Father's Day message. I know. A study using an example of 1,409 rural southern adolescents, 851 females, 558 males, age 11 through 18, investigated the correlation between father absence and self-reported sexual activity. The results revealed that the adolescents in father's absence homes were more likely to report being sexually active compared to adolescents living with their families. Being raised by a single mother raises the risk of teen pregnancy, marrying with less than a high school degree, and forming a marriage where both partners have less than a high school degree. Wow. All these areas are touched by fathers. Absence or present. So what are you talking about, Pastor? What can we do? 
I'm going to give you some parenting tips for dads. Be engaged. Be supportive. Be loving. Number one, spend time with your child. Spend time with them. I wasn't sure. I drove by the park a few weeks ago. I saw a pickup truck and a guy on his phone sitting in the pickup truck. And I saw a little kid, probably three years old, playing on the swings by herself. I didn't go back to investigate because I was hurt. That whatever was on that phone was more important than that kid. And that child is going to grow up to know it. How a father spends his time reveals to his child what is important to him. Kids grow up quickly and the time to bond is now. There are plenty of fun ways to spend family time time with with children. Listen, I was going to we're old guys. I was going to get us a uh, bocce ball and a cornhole game for us men, for us old dads. You know why? Because we can still throw a cornhole bag and we can still throw a bocce ball. And bocce ball is pretty simple. You don't need a high school education to figure out bocce ball. But I couldn't find them. So maybe you'll get them next Father's Day. If I'm not here, if I'm dead and gone, I'll leave it for the next pastor. Get the, get the bocce ball for the guys. What are you saying? Just spend time with people. Take them fishing. Drown a worm. Take them to Dairy Queen. You got $10? Amen. Do, do something. Spend, spend time. Those kids aren't going to be there forever. Believe me, my baby's 19. Can you believe it? 19. 19 years old. Discipline. With love and positive parenting. All children need positive guidance and discipline. Dads, we are not their friends. Megan scared me the other day. She started counting for Edison. I said, oh, I just walked away. Oh, my God, we're going to count. I love you. Popping. Amen. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. See, the other half of the crowd would be walking out on me now. Titus 1 would get part of them, and this would get the other part. Well, I don't believe in spankings. That's hitting. You know what? The Lord put something right there to spank them. Gave them a lot of tush and cush. Boom. Well, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, that's why our prisons are full. That's why there's violence on the street. Because nobody took care of the kids when they were little. They ended up growing up to be, the little hellions ended up growing up to be big hellions. Oh boy, go on pastor, shut up and keep on going. Uh Uh-huh. Dad should remind children of consequences of their actions and positively acknowledge desirable, positively acknowledge desirable behavior. Fathers who discipline in a calm and fair manner show love for their children. Didn't they tell you when they were whipping your hide, this hurts me more than it hurts you? How in the world did that work? How did that, you couldn't figure that out. And then you had some kids, and then you know, you know, you don't want to whip those babies. But sometimes you have to. The Bible says if you, you, if you spare the rod, you hate your child. Now we're either Bible church or we're not a Bible church. 
So we got to figure out what we're going to get out of it and what we're going to keep. Are you going to just eat the crust of the pie or are you going to eat the filling and leave the crust? Are you just going to eat the meringue and leave everything? What are we going to do? If, the, if you're going to take one scripture in the Bible, you got to take the other scriptures in the Bible as well. I'm talking about being intentional and deliberate fathers. I'm talking about being leaders of the home. Amen. Oh, be your child's role model. Whether they realize it or not, fathers are role models to their kids. They're watching us. Kids are watching us. More is taught than caught. Or more is caught than taught. Okay? Kids are going to catch more how we do things than we tell them. I can tell them blah, 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 blah. But when they see me act a certain way, that's what they catch. And that's how they're going to act. Okay? And let me say this. If you don't bring your kids to church, church not going to be a priority when they're old. Okay? They're not going to go to church when they're old. Because if church just be working whenever you can. So, a girl who spends time with a loving father grows up knowing she deserves to be treated with respect by boys and she learns what to look for in a partner. Fathers teach boys and girls what is important in life by demonstrating honesty, humility, and responsibility. And let me say this. If you want to know how to look for a good marriage partner, a good person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, number one, if you're a guy, watch how the girl treats her dad and brothers. If you're a gal, watch how the guy treats his wife and his and the, and the daughters. Because that's how they're going to treat you. Well, this is good counseling. This is good. We probably ought to Take another offering to cover for the two crowds that walked out on us. You know, let's go eat. You go eat. You're hungry. Yeah, I know. See, I'll beat her when I get her to the restaurant. Amen. If I can catch her. Amen. Watch. Earn the right to be heard. Fathers should begin conversations with their children about important topics when they are very young. Talk to your kids. They're people. They're little people. So that when difficult subjects come up, they will be easier to handle as they get older. Take time for listening to your child's ideas and problems. You, we made them... You brought them into this world. Let me tell you this. If you like sleep all night, don't have kids. And because I ain't coming at 3 o'clock in the morning when you got to feed Junior his bottle every two to three hours. Somebody's going to have to get up and feed a bottle. Hello? Kids are work. But we made them. So you're going to raise them to be a blessing or a curse. Listen to them. Take time for them. Be your child's teacher. To be a good father, teach your children about right and wrong. Encourage them to do their best. See that your children make good choices. Involve fathers. Use everyday examples to help children learn the basic lessons of life. If you ask any of my kids, there would be times we'd hop in that, that van and go somewhere and something would happen. I'd say, oh, stop. Teachable moment right here. Don't ever act like that. 
I'm not pointing at any of you. I'm pointing up here. Right? You see a kid that's freaking out, losing their mind, you know, break dancing at Walmart. You seen him in line at Walmart break dancing, throwing a fit? And the parents flustered, don't know what to do. Oh, man. The people that raised me, I know what they did. They may have cleaned your hide right there. But for sure, they're taking you out. And once you get in the car, when you get home, your hide is tanned. You're getting it. It ain't no talking of it. It ain't no, no way around it. Hey, make teachable moments. I'm, ta- I'm teaching you how to be deliberate here, boys. Gentlemen, men, I'm teaching you how to be deliberate. Watch this. This is an important one. Eat together as a family. Okay. Here goes the last part of the crowd. I do not like cell phones at my dinner table. This is why you're not so good. Yes. She wanted to hum at the table. And we'd say, Ginger, you don't sing at the table. So she'd hum. She couldn't do that either. Why? What would happen? Got threatened with the spoon. Listen, family mealtime is a tremendous time for a family to bond together. But when it's interrupted by everybody's cell phone, and you know what I also know? I shut the TVs off. I don't want to eat with the TV on. None of you will ever want to go eat with me anyway. All right? I don't want to eat with the TVs on at my house because I'm spending time with my kids. I want to find out about their day. I want to find out what's going in their, going on in their life. I want to find out if they've been bullied. I want to find out if they've been bullying. I want to find out what's going on. Spend time. This is bonding time. It gives kids a chance to talk about what they are doing and want to do. It also is a good time for fathers to listen and be involved. It provides a structure for families to be together each day. I love sitting down and we all pray and then we eat together and we laugh and we talk and there's no phones and there's no TV and all of that business. Take time. Eat together. I've seen them throw a pizza in. I've seen them pull the pizza out. Everybody grab a piece of pizza and go to four rooms in the house. How are you building a strong family like that? i got to end this. i got to get you out of here. Read to your child. Read to them. Kids don't know what books are now. Everything's about this. Then you see somebody sad and you know they've been on social media too long because they're depressed because they ain't got nothing done in their lives and everybody else, the neighbor's life is much better. In a modern world dominated by television and internet, it is important that fathers make the effort to read to their children in order they, to grow lifelong readers. If you ask my kids, Megan, I could read to her forever. Mitchell would not sit still. Neither would the other two. But Megan, we did. We read and we read. One thing about it, you'll be encouraged because you, when you read children's books, you you know what? By the time you're done, you say, I can write kids' books. You, anybody can write a children's book. All right, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Respect the other parent of your child. You 
don't pit one parent against the other parent. You don't go behind the back of the other parent's decision and give the kid what they want. I just lost the ushers. I have lost everybody at this this engagement. If they go to me and they and I say no, and they go to their mom and she says yes, what has that done? That has put us on opposite teams. And the next time, who are they going to go to? They're going to mom. You and mom have to be on the same page. If your dad, you know kids do this. And then sometimes we as parents say, go ask your dad. Go ask your mom. Go do this. What are they trying to do? They're trying to pitch you against each other. Just say no together. No is easy. You don't even have to say no. I'll give you an answer that they know it's no, but you don't really have to say no. And that is, we'll see. Marcus, is it true? Whenever dad said, we'll see, that meant no. He just didn't say no, but that means no. Like it's almost time to get out of church. Pastor, can we get out of church now? We'll see. Happy Father's Day, Donnie. We'll see. Can I go spend the night at so-and-so's house? We'll see. And let me tell you this. One of the most, the most, one of the most powerful influences in your child's life is going to be this. And you better be aware of it. I didn't learn this until it's kind of late in life. Is their friends. Their friends are going to be their most powerful influence in their lives. So that's why parents have to step up and be there at home and be there respecting each other. They have to, they have to respect the kids. They have to provide a secure environment. And when the children see the parents respecting each other, they're more likely to feel that they are also accepted and respected within the father-child relationship. Seek involvement early. Get into your kids' lives Amen. Early. 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 Few events change a man's life as much as becoming a father. Amen. Let's all stand. I got to get you out of here. I hope this helped you today. Did it help you today? Yep. The ushers are gone. The light staff's coming in to shut down the lights, pull the curtain. You don't believe me about Titus. Read Titus. I think it's the first chapter. I'm going to tell you because they'll, they'll hate your guts. Bad. They hate you. They'll hate you bad. But you know what? You're always going to have haters. Remember that? You will always have haters. Dads, get involved in your kids' lives. Alex, you're prime. You're prime real estate, bro. You got these kids, three and a little bit, you know, and guess what? So let me say this in closing. You, you may be past raising your kids, but there's going to be kids in the church that are going to need a dad, a father figure. The Lord has put the church here. Now, I know the church has been discredited, and the church has been discounted because of the times that we live in. But get ready. The church is going to become a very, very important role in the community again. Because I'm telling you, it, we, we're, we're, it's nice now. And you know, we haven't had what's called inflation. 
Inflation, the last quarter's inflation jumped higher. The last time it jumped this high was 1979. That's when the prime interest rate went to 21%. That means when the government borrowed money, they were paying 21 cents on every dollar for interest. That's when you had savings accounts, and, and my grandfather had what, what they were CDs, and he was making 12, 13% on a CD. You know how much you've been making on your savings account, your little passbook savings account you got? You've been making a half percent. Whoop de doo. But hard times are coming. Just get ready. And strong families are needed, and dads are needed. Whether it's biological or spiritual, we're a family. In Titus, it says, I believe it's Titus. Call the young ladies sisters and the young men brothers. That's what it says. We're going to have to have each other. We're going to have to be there. Amen. Luke 11, 11 says this. Your fathers, ye fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You know what? God's going to equip us for the end time. Brother Bernie, you got some wisdom and some insight that you can pour into some kids. Brother Gary, you can too. You know what? We can help these younger dads. I don't know. Something happens at 50. Something happens at 50 and it's like you get smarter and smarter. Every year you just get smarter and smarter. And by the time you're ready to die, you're a sheer genius. The only problem is you cannot download it into the younger generation. They've got to learn it on their own. Amen. That's how it is. And then James chapter 1 verse 16. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God's perfect and God's children is us. And he's going to help us. Amen? Amen. Happy Father's Day. You and I hold very important role in our family's lives. No matter what stage we're in, whether we're in the grandparenting stage now, you got grandchildren to speak into. Whether you're in the parenting stage, you got children to speak into. Whether you're in the dating stage, look for how they treat their moms or their dads. Uh-huh. Listen, if they treat their parents like trash, they're probably going to treat you like trash. And this dating deal takes a while. It takes a while for all the junk to come to the top. But it'll happen. It'll happen. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you for my brothers and sisters today on this Father's Day. Lord, thank you for visiting with us. You are our Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. We love you. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for visiting with us. And I pray that something in this message hit somebody's heart, help somebody, strengthen somebody. I pray, Lord, that as fathers, we will take the reins and help raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And as grandfathers, Lord, and great-grandfathers, that we will begin to pour into them the principles of the kingdom. Principles of business is fine. Principles of education is fine. 
But most of all, Lord, the principles of the kingdom. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. The Lord, that's what the whole foundation of the apostles and prophets is built on. And so, Lord, today we just pray in Jesus' name that as we leave this place, that my my brothers and sisters, my, my brothers who are dads and grandpas will feel encouraged, that they'll feel strengthened. And, Lord, those who, young men who aren't even married yet, you will lead and guide them to the right spouse and lead the right spouse to them. That, Lord, we can grow and establish in this world as long as we're here kingdom homes and homes of the name of Jesus. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Come on, say it like you mean it in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen.